Hello, good evening and welcome. My name is Robin McLaughlin and I have with me today Ian Ogilvy and Robin Mitchell, both famed for their Poolcast podcasts and I do the View from the Pool and this is the first ever joint, we're actually videoing this and we're also re recording it so it's a joint session and what we're really doing today came about from a couple of questions that I had fired to these two experts was about turbidity which you both probably know is, is one of my little bugbears, but uh, we can get into that shortly. So how are you guys doing? Brilliant, Robin. Uh, I love uh, I love this term, expert, you know. it's uh, <laughs> I can get used to that, you know. A lot of people call me a lot of things, but expert's <laughs> not usually the, the most common sense. Yeah, um, doing well, Robin. The sun's shining. It's uh, work's picking up. And uh, the First Minister of Scotland has told us today that well, we're looking good for relaxing the restrictions. So... Yeah, yeah, long may it continue. Yeah, you getting on, Ian? Well, yeah. first of all, before Ian says anything, Robin, you need to stop playing with that pen. Yes. <laughs> all I'm here is... I'm a fidget. I'm a fidget. <laughs> yeah, fidgeting, fidgeting. Right, Ian, you're, you're free to shoot now because you guys are opening, obviously, down in England next yeah, week, so is it? I was, um, I was, well, yeah, so the 12th. So, um, 12th, yeah. I was um, at some outdoor pools on, on Saturday. Um, doing some stuff with them, getting them, so they opened on Monday. Uh, the one in particular that I do a lot of work at is uh, fully booked, and they let them book seven days in advance. All their slots are uh, booked out, and they all have to pay in advance on the app. So that's um, it was fantastic. It was nice, twenty eight degrees out in the sunshine Saturday afternoon, helping them get all the lifeguards uh, competent again. So that was um, that was good stuff. But yeah, I am really really busy just now. It's picked up massively, um, and all fronts for me really open water. At pools as well, uh, yeah, it's um, it's good stuff. So I had a busy day today as well. So it's um, do you, do you know good. what? Isn't it lovely to see on the news that today so many Lidos? Yeah. You now, when's the last time you saw that on on BBC, Sky, ATV, you name it? Was all all these people jumping into all these massive big Lidos in central London, all around the place? It's fantastic to see. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. Um, so it's all all really positive, actually. Uh, and um. Yeah, so then a, a sort of rushy day, and then I come come back, and I've got to face you two. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> you, well, you have to remember the exciting subject of turbidity. Yes, yes. So I better I better explain to everyone, you know, uh, in, in in your pool your pool cast li listeners, let's call them that, um, are are generally uh, in the field of of water treatment, etc., and pool plant, and follow your expertise and good guidance. Whereas, you know, I'm the other side of the coin with the. You know, <laughs> The lifeguards who don't really know much about pool water, really. It's just something that's in front of them and they've got to pull people out of. And that's my background, obviously. And, you know, I've asked Robin over the years quite a few times about turbidity because for, for in, in my role when we're looking at detection, the main thing for me is if I've got a camera and I can't see across to the far side of the pool, I can't detect. And it's been one of these things, Andy Reid from Places Leisure started calling me um, Dr. Turbidity or Mr. Turbidity or something because I went on about it so much. And it's still one of those things that I have great difficulty when I go to someone and say, look, your water's not great. And they go, well, I can see the bottom of the pool. So maybe one of you can take on in the first instance and, and explain to me, let's say, the technical side about what turbidity is. Well, do you know what? <laughs> this was discussed on Friday. Right, okay. and the, we're the down the pub. Yeah, well, yeah, that as well. well uh, we wish, but, yeah, virtual pub, virtual pub. Yeah, yeah. no, there was a, a a great meeting of minds on Friday 
Okay. Uh, Ralph Riley, Ian Nix, uh, myself, Ian, and Mike Schoff and a few others. Um, it was a Pam Academy meeting with uh, Pew Tag. So that's, that's a lot of brain uh, power and a lot of lot of experience there. Something like that. There's a yeah, lot of pints yeah. in there that as well, you know. <laughs> so uh, and I and I had the audacity to bring up turbidity and it and it stirred a bit of discussion. And I suspect that Ian's going to be a wee bit controversial later on. But oh, excellent. Um, we uh, we discussed what turbidity was, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think it was Ian Nix gave a, a fantastic description. Most people think that clarity is, is is when they look at the pool and they look down, and if you can see a fifty pence piece at the bottom of the the deep end of the pool, that's your swimming pool is clear, right? Yeah. See if you've got good turbidity. Mm-hmm. You should be able to sit in the shallow end of the pool with the goggles on and see clearly the deep end of the pool. So you should be able to write your name in big writing at the deep end of the pool and see it from the shallow end when you've got your goggles on. Now, if you can't, then your turbidity is poor. Yeah? That's probably the, the simplest way of describing it without starting to get into... Uh, particles and molecules in yeah. the water. Is that fair? Yeah. Do, do you know what, Robin? It was because I was going to start with this by something you said. So my, my first job as a 15-year-old uh, was um, at Dumfries Swimming Pool, the old one. Oh, I know, I know it well. Yes. Yeah, so the old Dumfries Swimming Pool. I don't know if you knew that one, Robin, but uh, yep. it, was right, yep. it was right beside the river and famously the river would burst its banks, the car park would flood. And we'd That's all be right. Off work. Right across the bridge. Right yeah. across the bridge. Yeah, I loved going there. Love the and, new pool they've got now. <laughs> but anyway, that's controversial. Let's go, let's go. So, yeah, so my first experience of turbidity as a 15-year-old was um, 50 pence piece, the old 50 pence piece. Mm-hmm. You used to have to throw it in the deep end. Now, that was uh, 3.8 metres deep at Dumfries. Yeah. And you should. Uh, we were told that when there's no one in the water, you should be able to see whether it's heads or tails. Now, yes. the, amount of, <laughs> right. the amount of times that we used to um, go to reception, nick a couple of 50p's out the till, chuck it in the water, and there'd be about 10 of us standing around it going, we couldn't tell whether it was head or tails. And we'd never ever get the 50p's back and you'd always get the kids diving for them and they'd keep the yep. 50p's. Our tails must have never balanced by the time we were doing this. <laughs> but, um, and that was the thing. And, and it, was, it was from there that later on in life I learned about, when we look at clarity from a lifeguard aspect, it's a bit like Robin says, we've got what's called vertical turbidity and horizontal turbidity. Mm-hmm. And what mm-hmm. you need to do is look at the horizontal to the bit of the pool, as Robin was saying, by sitting in the shallow and being able to look through the water. Mm-hmm. And we don't test it. And that was, for me, now looking back, that was the biggest problem of clarity of, of a pool. Because we were always throwing the 50p pence in front of us and yeah. looking straight down, where we should yeah. have been throwing an object at the farthest corners of the zones of the lifeguard to mm-hmm. see if you could physically see that object. And yeah. that was really my first experience of turbidity and and what it meant to me and how it was. Um, yeah, so that, that's really where it sits with me to start off with. Anyway. Yeah. It's moved on yeah, a lot can, since then. Yeah, can, can, can I tell you then, you know, how I got involved in this? And it was quite interesting. And funny enough, I actually think Aylesbury Aquavale was one of the pools <laughs> that were involved in this. In that, um, so for detection, back, you know, when we, you know, we're kind of pioneers of doing what we're doing. And, you know, some of the reasons, when we're using identical software, in each site, the, the, the only differences you can have is your lighting conditions. The light is one, but the turbidity is the other. And I didn't really know what turbidity was. Um, I did come to learn fairly quickly, but 
one of the things that I, I discovered very quickly was that, well, if I can't see the far side of the pool, if I can't see the great lines in the, the pool, you know, I know I've possibly got an issue there. And that means my detection isn't going to be as efficient and as effective as it used to be. But the comment was somebody from Aylesbury said to me, I'm fairly sure it was Aylesbury, said to me, you know, what well, we, this thing won't detect, you know, past halfway line. And I said, it's because your water's shit. Right? <laughs> so that's a technical term. That's yeah. a technical term. And he, and he said to me, well, can you define shit? <laughs> yeah. I and I, that's when I went, well, actually, that's a very good point because I can't. And that was the whole thing. I think I went and talked to you, Robin Mitchell, about where am I going to get something to measure this? Turbidity meters, what you yeah. need. And we started talking about it. And I started to learn. You know, I got the PewTag book out. And, you know, I might as well have got out, you know, teach yourself Tunisian um, <laughs> for what it meant to me. But I did get a figure of what uh, 0.5 NTU yeah. Is, yeah, that's it. Is, is what's needed. And I slowly started to work my way through about what, what was the best NTU levels to give me good detection across a 15, a 12 meters, 13, 17, 18, and 25. So that, it, my, everything I did was just pure guesswork to try and put science, a little bit of science onto how, how you measure <laughs> SH1T to tell a leisure manager. Um, and of course, I think it was you, Ian, then said to me about turbidity meters are you know so temperamental. You can test it, you know, take the sample and test it four times and have four different tests. And Robin's disappeared. Yeah, four different results. I'm sure he'll jump back in again. But you know, and, and that's the, still the case, I presume, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And and the interesting thing is is when you start to to think about turbidity, and I'm going to mm-hmm. rewind a little bit. Um, yeah. to HSG 179, but version 3. So in 2003, when that book was written, um, mm-hmm. I'd have to get the previous versions out to double-check, but yeah. I know certainly in 2003, there's a table in there with a paragraph under it that makes alluded to 50-meter um, pools that are 25.5 meters wide. And it says mm-hmm. that when the width of the pool the lifeguard's looking across is greater than 16 meters, you may want to consider a lifeguard on the opposite side. Right Now, okay. to me, that's an al- um, alluding to turbidity. Now, having done lots of LZVT tests in the past, mm-hmm. what I generally found with most pools, most that I was doing over the years, was as soon as I got to anything between 16 to 21 meters, the mannequin would disappear. So when, you, when right. you're doing that drag test and you, you know, you're sat in the shallow end, you're standing up as a lifeguard, you're dragging the mannequin away from you, away from you, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it was as if it was a mirage at sort of roughly 18 yeah. to 21 meters, it would just disappear. Just- Completely, and then that's when I started to realise where the sixteen meters was coming into play. So I, I think early on that it was making, it was alluding to turbidity. I mean, we're talking Mm two thousand and three now, so almost twenty years. um, Yeah, but wasn't necessarily actually using the term turbidity in HSG one seven nine. So I thought that was really interesting to start ourselves off. Yeah, so it's kind of like somebody was recognising in two thousand and three that you need good Mm. turbidity to help your lifeguards. And that's kind of disappeared in the next edition is really what you're sort of thinking roughly. Yeah, I mean, water, water isn't fully translucent. If water was fully translucent, and this is, a, you know, you'd fly over the, the Atlantic in a plane and coming in low, you'd say, oh, look, there's a couple of whales and a shark in the water. I can see them. <laughs> They're a mile down, but I can see them. Um, you know, and you think it was, a, and I forget the name of it, there was that plane that was lost some time ago and they still haven't found it that went down in the sea somewhere. So if water was that easy to see through, we'd have found all these things, you know, shipwrecks that people have been hunting for hundreds of years. Um, it's You just cannot see through that water. Blackbeard's gold and all sorts. 
in the chemical industry, fluids uh, are measured with a specific gravity, right? So that's the weight of stuff in the fluid. So some chemicals, for example, uh, sodium hypochlorite will have a specific gravity of 1.2, right? So that means that in the liquid, there's 0.2 extra stuff in it. So when you measure the weight of it, you know, 10 litres would be the equivalent of 12 kilos because you've got extra stuff in it. So that that stands to reason why, why you can't see, you know, not all liquids are equal. So some water has more stuff in it than other water. And because of that, there's obstructions in the water and that's where your turbidity comes from. So the more dead bacteria, pollution, yeah. chemicals, anything that's dissolved in the water will salt, obstruct stuff like that. Yeah. salt. Exactly. Yeah. So salt water has is heavier than fresh water because of the stuff in it, minerals and salts and so on. And that makes it more difficult to see through the water. And that's that's the essence of it. So and so if you've got hard water, soft water, if you use certain types of chemicals, if you use sodium hypochlorite, which has got more stuff in it, um, then you're going to get a higher turbidity level. Generally, it's down to the bacteria levels, the, the, the dead skin, the pollution that's in the water. That creates most of the turbidity in really? the water. Yeah. yeah. The dead bacteria, the dead yeah. bacteria. So pre-swim, basically... To improve your turbidity, the best thing is prevention, peace from hygiene. Yeah. Everything yeah. else is a treatment for it. Everything else is a yeah. treatment. But the best way to get the best one, in fact, see if you go and measure all the swimming pools up and down the country just now, they right. will have the best turbidity levels that they've ever had. Because there's no shit in the pool. Yeah, there's, there's no bloody swimmers. Because there's no swimmers in yeah. the pool. <laughs> That's right. It's the yeah. best. So, uh, if, you, if you've seen my recent... Video, Ian, yep. that I did of the hair entrapment, entrapment test. Yeah. That wish our swamp pools never looked as good. Yeah. You know, so they were delighted with the video, probably yeah. because it looks so good. And they're thinking, that's our pool. And they're dead yep. chuffed. <laughs> There's nobody been in it, you know, apart from <laughs> me. <laughs> you know, I only, I only pissed about a cup full, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, I'll give, I'll give you a laugh just on that because Farnborough, you know, I don't mind mentioning it because they're going to knock it down. But Farnborough Pool, for years, we've been saying, and I think, Robin, you and I have had conversations about this a yeah. long time ago. Yeah. Uh, and about, you know, various bits and balls, and we'll not go into it now. But, I mean, we used to get calls about your detection isn't working, and it's only working in this part and that part. And you'd go and say, look, we can't see the far side of the pool. It's because your, your water clarity. And, well, you want to see it at the minute. I mean, it is just incredible. <laughs> <laughs> crystal, crystal clear. You know, it's unbelievable. So... Yeah, all the pools are like that at the minute, majority anyway. So it's, it is an indication, mind yeah. you. I mean, I, I, I'm a generalizing there a wee bit, Robin. Yeah, it is yeah. an indication, though, that something wrong could there could be something wrong with your filtration. Yeah. Because if your filtration isn't working, then you're not able to treat the pollution and the the stuff yeah. that's in the water. That's the the basics, real yeah. basics of it. It's and some countries advocate testing for turbidity a lot more yeah. frequently than we do. The PewTag book, and, you know, maybe we've, we're being a bit controversial here. We've the PewTag books, ah, it's too airy-fairy. Yeah. It well, says this, this carry-on about you should test for it regularly. 
Yeah. What the what fuck is mean? regularly? Well, you know? every five years is regular. My argument. My wife, my wife says that's regular as well. I don't know what yeah. she's talking about. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, some I, I may I may consider weekly yeah, regular. Yeah, you know that. Yeah. I I <laughs> regularly Hoover the house from a wife. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean. You know, yeah. see the the thing is, other other countries will place an emphasis on turbidity because. It is an indicator. It doesn't give you hard and fast facts, mm. right? Is it doesn't because, tell you. Is that because it's difficult to measure? You know, you know, one of you talked to me about, you know, the measurement, the NTU. You know, how do, what is it measuring or how does it work? Well, see. Who wants to take that one up? <laughs> I can't pronounce it, the, the chemical yeah. word of the NTU, so I'll leave that one with you. <laughs> but. Yeah, metric turbidity unit. Yeah, yeah. So, on what is? Am I right, Ian? That that's measuring it. It measures how well light passes through yeah. the little vial. So, is that so, how it works? So basically, you use a, a reagent to try and almost stain the water to stain mm-hmm. the particles, so to speak, and then yeah. um, it uses a light sensor from one side of it to the opposite side. Sorry, a light mm-hmm. shining through uh, a clear test tube from one side to the other. And the, the idea yeah. is, is it's. Um, as a test where it's trying to put the lights trying to penetrate going through. Mm-hmm. Um, Brilliant. That's a great description. Just for the listeners, for the benefit of listeners, it's just the same as using a photometer. It's yeah. the same okay. light emitting diode that shoots across, yeah. right? So for, it's nothing more complex than that. And Ian summed it up brilliantly. But, it, you know, to get people right down to the basics, it's just like the wee LED light that shoots yeah. across the photometer. Do, do you know what, okay. though? There's, I mean, as Robin says, there is other uh, factors at play which can be yeah. solved. So as an example, high alkalinity. Now, it's incredibly rare that we ever see pools with high alkalinity, especially the way we're burning through acid just now to get our pHs down. But high alkalinity... Is that why? Is that why, by the way? Yeah, so yeah. Any, any acid-based pH correction chemical that we're mm-hmm. going to use, uh, with exception of CO2, which will mineralize, yeah. uh, will, will decrease the alkalinity of the water. But when you do have high alkalinity levels in a swim pool, so I've got a couple of pools that are um, got boreholes on site, so they pull from boreholes and they end up with high okay. alkalinity. Uh, it can cause the calcium salts to start to come out of the solution, so it can mm. cause slightly cloudy water. And in th- right. there is a theory as well that um, calcium levels slightly above 500 milligrams per litre as well can um, cause it to be a little bit cloudier than anything else. But mm. it, it's not... It's not the be-all and end-all because those things can be fixed, so to speak. They can, mm-hmm. We can do things about um, other chemistry. But I, I think the whole thing probably originates from starting off with selection of filtration. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had a great question today I had, and Robin, this will make you chuckle. So I was doing a little pull today, and um, I presume it was a high-rate filter. I just presumed oh, you'd probably get sand in there. And uh, they said to me, no, 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 we've got glass because the company told us it lasts forever and it will never be changed. <laughs> and, and, it's, well, it, and it's advice like that, Robin, that, that, that I mean, it, 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 was a, it was a small primary school pool, great people, fantastic, but unfortunately they believed what they'd been told. Um, yeah. And I said, well, you know, the theory is it'll last longer, two, three times as length of lifespan. I says, but, um, you know, the jury's still out a little bit, but in theory it could work. But they will probably now have cloudy water in sort of 10, 15 years, so to speak, and mm-hmm. be saying, well, we were told that media was last forever. That's why we bought that media. So we don't need to change it. And and it's the advice that's given out. So I, I, And where, as well, Robin makes allusion to sort of our European counterparts who are testing this, are testing this on a weekly basis in some cases. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but they're moving on to the next level of filtration. We are eons behind in the filtration level. And I think we've got to really, yeah, we have to accept uh, and sort of give the listeners a a bit of a a micron and particle size that we're looking at. Do you not think, Robin? Absolutely. Listen, we've talked about this recently and and Ian knows that I've I've had a wee visit uh, just just before lockdown to see uh, some of the the new technology that's coming in Mm. uh, in terms of the ceramic filters and the perlite ore filters. Yeah, and we're talking... I mean, I, you know, I, I'm a fan of the ceramic filters. Yeah, me too. And they're going down to 0.2 microns, you know, which is, yep. that's cryptosporidium taken yep, care of without a coagulant. Um, that's right down. That's phenomenal filtration. Yeah, because um, it's funny you mentioned cryptosporidium. It's the, it's the one thing I've actually learned that all the PewTag things have been at was cryptosporidium and microns. So <laughs> I've learned something, but I do get it. And, and actually, that's a very good question for me to pose to you so in the same way as i always say lifeguarding hasn't changed in the last 20 25 years i always have the impression that plant rooms haven't really changed in the last 20 25 years you know i know you've got the uv went through and all that sort of caper and you know i can't remember what was those other lumps that we went through a phase of but ozone that's it has filtration or you know has have plant rooms come on another late when abound in the uk um i think Mm. To a degree, some issue, some parts have. So, for example, um, a lot of uh, automatic dozen units now will be digital. They'll link up to PCs. Mm-hmm. They'll give you warnings. Um, so that that's moved on leaps and bounds, certainly yeah. the technology. But it's moved on leaps and bounds in our pool industry, but not necessarily in as a whole. Because if you think, for instance, some of them are deploying like Wi-Fi now and network connections. But, you yeah. know, I'm not being funny. You can network to your washing machine now, nowadays. Um, oh, your yeah. front doorbell. So, yeah, um, <laughs> funny enough, I've got one of them. But, um, yeah, you can, when you think you could, you've been able to network to things like washing machines and fridge freezers yeah. and various other things, eons in front of what you have, pull technology, it's a bit embarrassing. Yeah. So there's, there's an aspect of it that's went digital, um, and there's an aspect of the, the equipment slightly better as far as energy saving, you know, how we mm-hmm. generate heat for swimming pools, yeah. how we pump the water. But the problem you get is, and I'm, I'm just going to hold this up here. So we've yeah. got our mobile phone. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll buy this phone today and, you know, six months from now, it'll be the predecessor model. Right. Yeah. But the problem we've got in swimming pools is just because the unit you've got now is the predecessor model and whatever it might be, they will not replace that unit until the point of which it dies or it's, it's discontinued and there's no spares and repairs. So they will run yeah. that unit till 10, 15, 20 into years yep. into the ground. And they won't say, I'm going to go down the road and get this unit now or this type of filtration, should I say, mm-hmm. if, for what we're talking about, because it's far superior. It's only going to be the day when that filtration dies and it, can, it is beyond its life expectancy and cannot be repaired that they'll actually say, right, now we're forced our hand. So educate me in terms of, sorry, the, the, you know, is it the filter vessels themselves? You know, so all the peripheries, like the pumps, et cetera, et cetera, and the fancy computers, but it's still, is it, is the technology that's going on within the filter? Got well, see, the, changed, the, the, listen, Robin, a filter is a filter, and it's been a filter yeah. for 100 years. And yeah. some of the, the installations of late, uh, and some of the filters that I see installed are not as good as the big stainless steel filters that were installed 40 years prior. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, see, it's immaterial what you've got in mm-hmm. your in your filter vessel. See if you yeah. don't have the basics, right? Yeah. 
and I'm, Ralph Riley's going to love me here, right? Yeah. He's going to absolutely love me, <laughs> you know. Uh, flow meter. See yeah. if you don't know what your flow rate is, yeah. right? Yeah. You, if you've not got a flow meter, you can't measure what your backwash rate is properly, yeah. right? So you don't know if you're actually cleaning the sand correctly yeah. after every backwash, right? So then if you don't know if you're treating it, you know, cleaning it, uh, you know, backwashing yeah. it correctly, then you, that could have an impact on the filtration. Without a proper flow meter, you can't actually calculate what the, the coagulant dose rate should be mm-hmm. correctly. Now, you can, to a certain extent, using the hydraulics, and using yep. the, the pump size and the head loss. Yeah. But to be as accurate yeah. as accurate as possible, you need a you need, a you need to, a flow rate. And I think it was estimated, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Ian, that Ralph said a couple of years ago that 75% of swimming pools in the whole of the UK didn't have a flow meter that was working mm. in their pool. They might have had one, but it had yeah. broken and it hadn't been replaced or they didn't have one. So that tells you that we're not adhering to the basics. So when yeah. a swimming pool says to you, my water's shit, yeah. uh, and I've just had my, my sand was changed three years yeah. ago, that's not really the issue. Yeah. Are they actually looking after the basics to yeah. make sure that it's backwashed correctly? Is the circulation rate right? Is the, is the, going back to the basics again, have they done a dye test to check the circulation mm-hmm. of the pool water? You know, are, are the inlets and the outlets all working correctly? Basics. Basics. Doesn't matter whether the swimming pool's 100 years old yeah. or 50 years old or five years old. If they don't have the basics right, the turbidity will, will just be. So is it like, is it like uh, not having a speedo in your car? Yeah. <laughs> you just don't know. Yes, it's exactly like that. Going. Yeah. yeah. Right, okay. I mean, yeah. You learn something yeah. every day. It's I not, knew it's this not would just, be good for me. It's not just that, it's care for the sand. So, for example, yeah. um, what we can get with sand is when backwashing has been not frequent enough or inadequate, mm-hmm. what we'll often find is you'll have a large buildup of body fats inside the filter vessel. Mm-hmm. Now, what that can cause from time to time is it can cause the sand almost to congeal into a lump. Um, mm-hmm. So, the whole thing congeals into a massive lump. It's almost like thinking you've taken a load of lard and thrown it into the yeah. filter and rolled it around in the sand. And yeah. me and Robin's got some fantastic pictures of uh, I bet you. this. Where almost the, the sand almost looks creamy to a degree. Yeah. It almost looks like it's Lovely. got a white cream in it. And, and from there, what then happens, well, sometimes you can start to get things like channeling, or what potentially happens is when the water comes up through the filter vessel, rather than go through the sand, it actually just goes down the sides and goes around the outside of the vessel because mm. it can't penetrate through this ball of lard. So again, yeah. having a sand cleanse which sometimes the, the actual grade of the sand is absolutely fine. And the sand's, you know, not within its lifespan. It's still got quite a few years left in it. And people don't realize as well, you can actually have the sand cleaned as well. And with, purge it. Yeah, yeah purge yeah. it. Yeah. And it's not a great explanation, but yeah. it's almost like, this is, this is how I like to explain it, shoving washing up liquid through it. Uh, to yeah. almost wash the fat out of it, so to speak. It, it's yeah. not quite that, but it, it's yeah. almost, that's what you try to do. You it's try a good to analogy, wash, possibly. You yeah. try to wash the oils out of it, so to speak. And that's yeah. quite a relatively simple process and a cheap process. And you can hmm. certainly, it'll give your sand maybe, I don't know, a few, quite a few more years because it's not past its best. Hmm. Yeah, yeah so, I've got a lot of clients that do that every year. Hmm. And it's an overnight job. You soak it in chlorine dioxide. Uh, you purge it you backwash it and the sand looks brand new. There's no yeah. channeling, no undulations. And you see if you've got decent filters with a viewing glass, see after that, you can actually see the coagulation occur hmm. when you when you go back to, to filtration. It's, it's fantastic. But they're the ones, those yeah. the people that do, that purge their filters tend to be the ones that have got 
the flow rate, have the yeah. coagulation dose at the right rate. They're doing everything correctly. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. no point in purging your filters if you're not backwashing them yeah. correctly. You're not using maybe. I mean, ideally, you would want a rinse valve. Yeah. Yeah. So you can mm. rinse your 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 sand and then put it down the drain, the water down the drain. And yeah, but the the amount of people that don't get their backwash rate right. Is, yeah. is frightening. But they don't measure it. If you don't yeah, measure it, how do you know what it is? How do you improve it? How can you tell? I mean, turbidity will, will is an indicator. Yeah. That's why that's why it's maybe not used as frequently as other things that yeah. give you a tangible, definitive answer. Right, by the way, the chlorine level is X and it should be yeah. Y. Turbidity will say, right, our t- turbidity is high, but then you now need to go and find out. You now well, need to do a process of elimination that, and, that, to establish the issue. Well, that, so, that, you've just led me into my next question to the both of you. So whenever I land on site and, you know, instead of saying your water's SH1T, I, I take a reading, I take a few readings and I say, you know, it's reading uh, 0.7 NTU or it's reading 0.5 mm-hmm. and we really need to get it down to 0.3. And they say to me, well, what do I do? Well, after I've stopped laughing. <laughs> they're asking me, you know, because I just go, ah, you need to sort out your coagulant. You know, I didn't even know what coagulant was, you know, for a long time. I haven't a clue. Or, shit sticker. You know, yeah, Best or, description you know, is shit sticker. And then the other thing I say is, ah, oh, well, you know, you, you know, how often do you backwash? And my, my final thing I ever threw at them or used to throw at them was, you know, maybe do, if you slew your pumps down at night or whatever, you know, I just... But, but I always say you need to speak to someone who knows about swimming pool water. And thus, I mean, I was just looking at that little article you helped write for me. God, it must be five years ago, Robin. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that just leads me to exactly what, you know, if if a pool calls you two guys and says, listen, that lad from Poolview is flipping throwing a wobbler here. He can't see across the pool. We've just spent 60000 70000 on a system and it won't detect anybody past lane two, right? Yeah. <laughs> no. Um. We'll fix it ourselves for a tenner, or we'll get the experts in. So, do you have like do you have a process that you work through? You know, is there stuff that you could even do? You know, if somebody rang you up tomorrow and said, "I'm not for nothing." Obviously, is is there a process that you can start? Yeah, we had a chat about that. Ian, is, know, is there a process you start pointing people at? Um, it's funny. It's funny because Ian and I had a wee discussion about that recently. Mm-hmm. Because if you think it, what we're doing right now. Yeah. You know, we we're we're in three different countries. Yeah, yeah all chat, right? Yeah. And Ian and I were like, we were having a chat. Someone could effectively get their phone out. Yeah. Go into a Zoom call. Yeah. And take their phone into the plant room mm-hmm. and start showing us stuff. Yeah. Because see, in the past two years ago, I would be scheduling a visit. Yeah. And I'd be like, right, listen, I'll come down in a couple of weeks. We'll yeah. go around the plant room, we'll, we'll, we'll do a, a system of checks. Now, mm-hmm. Ian will probably check the same things that I would check, right? Mm-hmm. Coagulation, uh, check the, the flow rate, backwash so rate. Basics. Check, That's we would, point. Yeah, some basics. There's some basics you start with. Yeah. Check yeah, the basics, annual filter inspection report. But yeah. then it would be a process of elimination, and we probably, there isn't a, there isn't a checklist no. as per se. It's just yep. a couple of consultants will go in and check the basics, and then delve into so, it deeper. And Ian and I probably should make up, make something. Yeah. And we, we, you could call us the turbidity busters instead of yeah. ghostbusters or something. Yeah, I like Who it. Who are you like going to call me your water shite, you know? It's a bit- <laughs> the turbidity <laughs> busters, no bother. Do you know what? It's. I mean, it is, as Robin said, I, I, I would start things like um, when I go and say, I say, right, okay, 
So age of the sand straight away, age of the media, should we say, and, and what yeah. type of media it is. Last filter inspection. Now, a, a lot of places I go to get filter inspections, Robin, but they don't get a report. So you don't get, yeah, any, digital, right. you don't get any digital photos. You don't get any micromen measurements. So I'm sorry, sorry again, excuse my ignorance here, but is that like a third party comes in and does that for, yeah, let's so say, I'm the manager of, of a pool? Yeah, so and so I, your, your typical Bar and Ray, FT Leisure, Sterling Hydro Tech, yeah. It's part of their, their annual service that you know okay. they, they will do reports. So the idea is is that so firstly, as a, and this is a rough guesstimation, your film yeah. is roughly two thirds full of media, roughly, mm-hmm. you know, very very roughly. Yeah. So I would take a measurement from the top of the filter to the top of the bed, right? So then mm-hmm. maybe next year it's another six inches down. So I'd be saying to you, Robin, Robin, you've lost a bit of media. You need three bags, and that, yeah. that's typical what you get. You'd also get yeah. some digital pictures of the inside of the vessel to try and show you any um, corrosion that's starting to form. Corrosion, yeah. So then you've got a year-on-year picture. Then they would, they'd take a sand scrape and some photos of the sand as well. Mm-hmm. Now, the sand scrape is about a teaspoon, you know, a tablespoon. Right, okay. And they would take that off and measure it with a micrometer. So mm-hmm. let's just say, for whatever reason, the sand is size 10, and I'm making this mm-hmm. up now. And next yeah, yeah, year it's yeah. size 9, size yeah. 8, you know, each year. And they'll say to you that we know the nozzles of the laterals on the base of the filter are size four. Mm. So when you get yep. to size four or three, it's going to yep. go... It's going straight through. Yeah, yep. so they'll yeah. say to you, year on year, you're, you're losing one. So that yep. means in approximately four years in, you're going to need a sand change before it starts yep. spitting out on the base of the pool. Yep. Based on the, and that, what that then should do is give you a life expectancy of the sand as well. I mean, it might be mm-hmm. something else would go wrong in the meantime between then and now. So as Robin says, I'd want to know when the media was last put in, also, I'd want to see pictures of the last uh, annual inspection. Uh, you know, and I had a great one just um, beginning of last year at the start of lockdown. I had a pool contact me and said, Ian, uh, what, I think I spoke to you before this, Robin. I want to do a technical specification on our pool to make it a nice mm. modern pool. And the um, 1970s pool, right? So I went in and I said, right, write as a spec so we can go to tender for companies. So I, I wrote the spec. And anyway, I got around to the filters and I said, right, uh, and they said, would you change the filter vessels? And I said, no, massive steel vessel filters, leave them brilliant, fantastic, yep. proper 1970s engineering, just get yep. sand change and refurbish them. It was done last year. Okay, fine, who did it? And they told me who did it. And I was mm. like, mm, okay, not too sure, but it's due its inspection. So let's get an annual inspection. And then they said to me, um, yeah, they did the filters in a day. Okay. One day. And I'm talking Alarm bells. Yeah, I'm talking probably Robin diameter of two point two meters, yeah. you know, filter surface area around about four meters in each one. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. One one point two meter deep as well, probably. Yeah. And yeah. A- alarm bells are ringing at this point. Yeah, yeah. And because normally a vessel of that size takes about five days. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah, to empty it and relay that's it and tons. It again. Yeah. Robin, yeah. that's ton tons and tons of oh, stuff. I was very lucky at Greenwich Sports Complex. At Greenwich My Sports Complex, when I was there, the staff used to do it themselves. <laughs> still do. Yeah, still do. <laughs> They're still in you there, know, aren't they? And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> working in confined spaces. What? What's that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, can you can you pass me on a lighter from a fag? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, the now, that was, that was na- the 1980s anyway. But that, yeah. which, that was all fair game then. But yeah, I get you know one day. But you see, that's is that not. Um, that's people taking advantage of the whole layer in this industry that does is like yeah. me doesn't actually know bugger all about anything, as far as pool yeah. plant and water goes. There's that well, whole layer is missing. And as well, I think I think there's a conversation around being had of the the micron size. So uh, mm-hmm. you know we mentioned crypto before, which usually is around about five microns. I say between four mm-hmm. and six. And 
you know, to give it a bit of a basis for any listeners, a grain of salt is about 100 microns, you know, yeah. roughly. Um, yeah. Talcum powder is about eight-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so when Robin was talking before about um, ceramic filters going down to about, you know, 0. 0.2, 0. 0.4 mm-hmm. of a micron, 0. 0.4 of a micron is a strand of protein. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we're now into, you know, yeah. most bacteria is between about one and five microns-ish. Mm-hmm. Um so this is the conversation that needs to be had, you know, around the type of filtration that they're going to have. And this is all going to have an impact on the turbidity. Um, yep. but, do you not think, Robin? Yeah. Uh, massive. Absolutely. Abs- Listen, uh, basics. See, the thing is, the, the ceramic filtration almost it, it eliminates all the, the major obstacles that we've talked about, mm. doesn't it? And I'm not saying that you you should use it like a sticking plaster, but I just think uh, it's something that people should seriously consider when they're when they get round to, as as Ian would say, when it's when it's broken and time to fix it. Yeah. Have a wee yeah. think about what what's going to work best for yeah. you, you know, in the long run. Um, yeah, and and Ian makes brilliant points here uh, about the, the the actual filter vessels, and and he's spot on about the, the integrity of the filter is crucial uh, and little things like the dosing of the coagulant how many times Ian do you go in and you see uh, an LMI pump dosing the coagulant from 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 a day tank <laughs> now yeah. so, sorry Robin um, yeah. a coagulant should be continuously dosed all yeah. the time right yeah I, I now, do know that but and, and an a LMI pump can't get down to small enough levels to dose it continuously. So what will happen is, you know, you should be dosing your coagulant at 0.1 milligrams per, per cubic meter of your flow rate, right? So it should be like a saline drip going into your yeah, pool, is that uh, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, and you're, 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 you're talking that an LMI pump, I'll dose it in, it'll go click, click, yeah. and that's you for the hour. You know, okay. that, you know, because it's... You've put, had and, your dose. Yeah, you've, yeah. And, and you're like, no, 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 it should be, should be right. dosed in. Yeah, it should be dosed in continuously. So when people say to me, well, listen, we use our flock at, uh, and I don't know the figures, but let's just say we stick it in at 10 10 milligrams an hour, right? Okay. But that should be like at one milligram every minute or whatever it's going to be, whereas they're just saying 10 at once. Yeah, to give you a bit of an idea, um, as Robin says, it's not quite one milliliters per cubic meter per hour. So okay. if you said an average 25 meter pool in the UK is roughly 450 cubes, circulation mm-hmm. rate, of th- turnover, turnover rate of three hours, so that means it's doing 150 cubes an hour, so that's 15 mil, right? Yeah. Now, to give the listeners a bit of an idea, the old medicine spoon your mum used 15, to give you cough, yeah. cough medicine is five mil. Yep. Yep. Now, yep. an LMI pump, yep. it roughly will do about five mil in an injection-ish, depends yeah. on the size of the pump, but yep. call it five mil. So as Robin says, click, 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 or a couple of clicks, that's it done. That's the full dose for and, the hour. And the problem with that is then is the coagulant then sits for an hour, uh, and it has, mm-hmm. a, and a lot of people in lockdown will find it's have a massive tendency to just jelly, just jelly. Do you know what I read that on your on your um, Facebook, Facebook page? page. Yep. Yeah, yeah, just it yeah. would it would jelly. Yeah. So yeah. that's the issue they've got is is they need to be able to if it's constantly just flowing just uh, yeah. around and around and around, and um, that by that way it's not technically stopped, and that's why you're dripping it in. And yeah, so it's quarter of a milligram or whatever it is. Uh, or whatever it is or every five minutes or something yeah just drip drip yeah. peristaltic pump's the best one yes yeah. you know it's like, it's like your, uh, <laughs> it's like the one that's used for dialysis <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like the, the for the dialysis yeah 
yes yeah, yeah. continuously dosed in through a wee yeah. a wee uh, symmetrical tubing yeah. uh, and it goes in and out in and out they just trickles it in it's, lo- it's a great way of doing it great way of doing so it. My, my point being there exactly is that if I say to somebody you know what what's what's your rate for your flock you know are you coagulant and they mm. say oh it's 15 milligrams an hour uh, they, and they think everyone's all right but yeah. in actual fact what they're doing is they're banging it in yeah. in 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 three doses and that's yeah, think, it instead I, of i think the next question then the needs to be okay what type of pump is putting it in so you yes. know, they might say it's 50 mil an hour but then you go and you see it is a peristaltic yeah. pump which is great yeah. you know fantastic um i mean there's there is issues with it i mean if you take a an average uh barrel so a 25 mm-hmm. liter barrel of it um dosed at the rate we've just been talked about it works yeah. out to be between 59 to 62 days a barrel should last. So one barrel is about two months. Call it 60 mm-hmm. days. Um, yeah. you know, and I had a pull quite a few years ago, uh, Robin, who someone had fiddled with the uh, speed of the actual peristaltic, and they thumped a 25-litre barrel in, in one day. <laughs> right? Now, I want to, for want of a better explanation, do you remember when your mum used to make jelly moulds for you when you were a kid? And yep. she'd pour the jelly into like a car and a clown yep. and all that sort of stuff. Yep. And you'd have a... A, 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 well, they made a jelly of their filter, right? <laughs> um, and I remember being there. They took the lid off the filter and they said to me, they phoned me up and said, Ian, the inlet pressure gauge is off the scale and the outlet pressure gauge is almost on zero. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's said, getting through. Nothing's them, getting through. I said to them, are you in the plant room now? And they said, yes. I says, well, stop that pump right now before it goes back. Get out. And she's I remember going, I went down, going down. And uh, they, they actually got a kitchen knife, believe it or not. And they took the lid off the filter and they got a kitchen knife out and they stabbed this jelly coagulant and they were cutting it out in cubes and lifting cubes and throwing it out the filter. Um, and this is some of the issues and the problems. Uh, yeah, because you know, see, what, it, what, you've just, what you've taught me there is because people get very defensive with me when I say, you're, you know, your turbidity is not great. It's probably a lot because they realize... I don't know that much, but they mm. get defensive about, you know, the, our plant and we do this and it's always been that way. And I can understand that. But even just that little bit of information you've given me there is, is it shows me how easy misdirection can happen yeah. with people saying, well, you know, Putag says 15 milligrams an hour and that's what we do. Mm. And a lot of people, you know, I would stop at that. But what you've just explained is, well, actually, that's not the full picture. Well, and know, that's what yeah, I'm finding really other, interesting. The other thing there, Robin, is, right, We've talked about too much coagulant going in, but mm-hmm. I remember going round um, a client. We went round all six of their swimming pools, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was involved in getting the coagulant in PAC. They, they, they changed over from Kibble yeah. Dalham, which was dosed in by hand through the strainer basket. And, you, you know, so we went to the continuously yeah. dosed through a wee peristaltic pump. And I went round, I was working for a chemical company at the time. <laughs> uh, and uh, so I went round with the area maintenance manager and uh, I was just talking to the, the the managers of the pools and uh, I, they, they, I was saying to them, well, how's the coagulant? Oh, brilliant, Rob, brilliant. And, uh, they, and they said, and do you know what? We're, we're, we're not using, we're not spending half as much money as you thought we would. And I'm like, that alarm bells are ringing. I'm like, yeah, yeah. What do you mean? It's just ringing. Uh, <laughs> you're right. I've, I've, I've already checked, and I'm like, why are they not buying loads of PAC? Yeah, and uh, yeah. it's it, the, the, every manager said, actually, you know, we're still using the same drum that we got at the start. You know, right. ten months ago. And I'm like, that's not right. You know, and we yeah. checked it, and 
and there was blockages on the lines. There was, you know, I hadn't been checked. They, they hadn't checked that it was actually going in. So in actual fact, all, if, if they'd had an outbreak of cryptospreadiosis yeah. and the public health authority had come in, public health England, I've given the game away of whereabouts in the country it was, but uh, for those of, that knows, know my background, um, Public Health England would have come in uh, and they would have crucified them for not having a coagulant that was working because yeah. you've not, def- not got a defence against cryptosporidiosis. And do you know what? That's a, that's a great point for Robin and just I see this a lot of the time, but not everywhere, Robin. What they often do is uh, once a week they'll put a little pen line on the bar. Yes, yes. And the date on it. They'll put the date on it. They'll put the date Mm. on it. That's all right so long as they do that and they do that in the same day every week because I've seen it where it's just a dog's dinner on the drum and then Brentai (laughs) go bananas because it's a returnable drum and they can't take it back because it's full of marker pen. But it is a brilliant way of doing it. Yeah, that's about the best way. There are suggestions from people in the industry that we should be measuring the aluminium levels in the water, Robin. Yes. And... uh, I, I would only advocate that if you think you've got a problem because mm. aluminium levels can be influenced by uh, source water and other things that are in the water, to be honest. So it's not scientifically proven that the aluminium levels are yep. intrinsically linked specifically to uh, your PAC dosing. But yes, it can indicate that you're using too much or too so, much has gone in. Just for Mr. You know, uneducated here, just to make sure I've got this right. So coagulant is put into the water to bring particles together into a, something lumpier so that it yeah, catches right. in the filters. Is that the, ba- oh, yeah. the basics right oh, there? Yeah, yeah. In, in a nutshell. Yeah. So what it is yeah. is yeah. generally aluminium is used because purely it's got a positive ion charge and okay. duct particles have a negative ion charge. And that's why mm-hmm. uh, I, I refer to it as a duct magnet. So it pulls the particles together, it causes right. what's called a coicidal matter, and then it'll cause what's known as microfocalization and to cross the top of the filter where it makes yeah. sort of a gel. Um, yeah, that's kind of how it works. The shit sticker <laughs> loves shit, right? That's that's and it's romantic and it's all about yeah. forces of attraction, Robin. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> that, I get it now. Yeah, but because yeah, obviously when I'm looking across the pool with my camera and it's, you know, it, it's like the whole thing we always get. You know, you know, it must be great with 4K cameras looking across a pool. Well, we don't use 4K cameras because. Four, you can't see across a pool because it's as you said earlier and it's not it's not clear yeah it doesn't make a difference from 4k 2.7k 1080p is fine for seeing right across a pool because you can't you can never improve that level of um detail clarity. no matter yeah it's clarity yeah well i so, i i don't know um uh and i'm not a big advocate of this right mm-hmm. but i've been to swimming pools that use wapatec right and Wapatec is from Switzerland. It's a chlorine dioxide uh, type of chemical uh, that is used to enhance coagulation for a start mm-hmm. using hydrosan and hydroxan and to eliminate organics in the water. And I have to say, and I'm not an advocate of Wapatec, mm-hmm. um, I have to say the water was phenomenal and you could... I mean, Ian, you've seen the, the marketing photos that they use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the, you can see your, your name written on the, the deep end from the shallow end. The, the clarity, the, the, the oh, turbid, there's no turbidity. Yeah. It's phenomenal. I don't think it's necessary, and I really do yeah. think that what we've talked about in terms of the basics 
are just as well, in fact, a lot yeah. more important than putting Wapatek in. And and there's an argument that SP filtration who do put the Wapatek in probably improve so much of the housekeeping and the basics that that's made a had a big influence anyway. But those pools that have got Wapatek just I, I I can't argue with the outcome and the result. But to be honest, 95% of strong pools in the country need to improve the basics well, before they look at anything I else. Mean, yeah, I mean, just to reiterate that, I mean, I, I do, you know, as you know, I get into the pool sometimes with my camera and, you know, take stills. So there's two pools that always jump out at me. There's one in Dorking, which is just amazing water. The guy that looks after that down there, Ben Jones, I think is his name. And the other one's a 50 metre at University of East Anglia. You know, diagonals, it's just incredible. Really? The imagery you can get. Oh, man, it's just, yeah. Ian, what's the water like there? What, is that not hard water? In, Nor- in Norfolk it is, and also that's, in Dorking. That's hard water, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I know Dorking's Really hard water. water, I'm talking. Yeah. Mega hard um, water. Norfolk, it's not too bad in Norfolk, to be oh, fair. Oh, all right, okay, okay. But uh, it, it's just, it's, it's interesting to me that, you know, I know all the really good pools, and, and I know all the really... Uh, uh, not so say, good not so good <laughs> and you tend you know you work out which people on site know what they're doing and which people don't know what they're yeah. doing and and I think this is this whole conundrum like you're kind of bringing it back to you know how can you guys help with this and we were starting to I touch think, on it about you know getting into people's plant rooms from re- remotely even you know yeah. yeah, I think I think as well Robin uh, what what is interesting is is that it, I, I think you need to look at the setup you know because if you've mm-hmm. got um, and, and a lot of pools don't have this now. A lot of pools will have one plant engineer on a contract yes. that will be between yeah. about five sites. Mm. But if you've yep. got one plant engineer who's based at this site, it's his baby and he's 20 mm. years there and he knows that pool like the back of his hand. And it's yep. he literally, it's like he's, he's, you know, it's like it's his baby. It, yeah. It's like the, yeah. the son that he never had, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yep. Then the water quality, you're probably looking at, you know, being absolutely fantastic. Because uh, he's but, all over it. Yeah, but where you've got uh, a maintenance guy, or in some cases they don't have one, it's all on call out, mm. you know, from companies. And the duty manager is the one who uh, has to try and do it running around with everything else at the same time. And all he's done is his three day PPO. And, you mm. know, the manual for a lot, most cases is like 300 pages. And there's no way we're going to get yeah. through that in three days. Yeah. Um, I think. I think that's the pools that maybe struggle a little bit. And I'll tell you, I've yeah. just had a thought. Robin, I know, I know what we and you should do. We should take Robin when this all this, all this pandemic's finished hmm. and we will get him to do uh, the old turbidity test that Mr. Nix has taught us about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The I mean, one yeah. across Periscope. the pool. Periscope, Periscope method. method. Yeah. So we need to get our hands in this where you get yeah. the, old, yeah. the old periscope and the white dot. And we, yeah. will, we will do this turbidity test to see how well it can work. See, I, I'm going to use the turbidity meter at the same time. See which one's the best. <laughs> but, 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 you know, it, it's one of the things that we're looking at with the technology. Can we use, you know, our cameras in a way that can give indications of where we are? But I think, you know, one of the questions I'm going to throw at you is, you know, I'm the only one really cares about turbidity because I need it to be good. And the only operators that start to care about turbidity is because all of a sudden I was, they've paid a lot of money for a system. It won't work till they sort out the turbidity. So it's, you know, all hands to the pumps, excuse the, you, the pun, and they throw it at it. But everybody else doesn't give a flying duck about it. No, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to be quite controversial here because I, 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 I'm, I'm worried about what's out in the public domain in the last sort of week or so. So, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, you know, I, I've spoke to both Robins about this because I know it's come out in the public domain where mm-hmm. UK Active published their drowning, uh, drowning detection system report 
Right. So I'm going to read you a line from this. Okay. Um, and this is this is my worry because people read this report and yep. they read it and think it's chapter and verse. So I've got yeah. a, a line that I'm just going to read you out of this report on page 13. And it says um, on page 13, uh, water clarity or turbidity is a vital factor in the performance of the drone detection system. If the water clarity does not reach the legal requirement or decreases over time, it should, be obstru- it should obstruct the system from identifying the swimming difficulty. Now, mm-hmm. I am extremely worried with this report. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you guys. The legal requirement, it says. Yeah. Now, I'm not being funny. I'm nearly 30 yep. years in pools, specializing in plant rooms. Robin, you're about the same as me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, you, you, would, you would die for a legal requirement, would you? I would die you, for a legal requirement. I'm telling you, you turbidity busters are here. Who are you going to call? Yeah. Me and Ian are going to be working 24-7 no. on this legal requirement. And, yeah. and, and I know why That's we're having this pod, pod, podcast tonight. We're having this podcast mm-hmm. because of... Um, Turbidity is a massive issue when it comes to drone detection systems. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, okay, Robin, obviously you're advocating pool view and I get that, but let's, yeah. it doesn't matter if it's pool view, angel eye, Poseidon, whoever No, it no, up, up, doesn't Tur- matter to me either. Turbidity is key. And let's even put yeah. that to the side. Even if you're not yeah. having a drone detection system, yeah. you, you should be keeping good turbidity anyway for the swimmer, regardless. Yeah. And for the lifeguard's vision not to be obscured across the, the vista yeah. of the pool as well. But, you know, a lot of money was spent in that report for a, a, I'm not funny, a, a lot of money was spent in that report for what is wholly inaccurate and that's mm-hmm. just one of several serious flaws throughout the report and it, what's mm-hmm. really interesting in the report itself is it goes on to talk about exactly what we've been talking about which is 0.5 uh, metaphonic yeah. turbidity units yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but later on in the report bear in mind it's now identified that there's a standard to test for and I emphasize mm-hmm. this there's a standard there's not yeah. Um, a, legal a legal requirement, requirement. yeah, yeah. that 's be quite clear there 's not a legal requirement, but later in the report when you when you actually read it, it then goes on to talk about um, water clarity, so mm-hmm. the report goes into water clarity now robin mitchell i don 't know if you 've read this report or not uh, but not fully yet not fully I've got it. I've for got your it. summary I'm, I'm, so, yeah. so bear in mind what we 've just said uh, on the actual pool itself. Let me just read you this mm-hmm. this is a, another. Another great bit of information on this. I can't find it now. Um, oh, here we go. Found it now. Found it now. Pool water clarity at the time of the visit of the test. Can the pool floor markings be seen? Yes. Now, the reports just spoke about an actual test. You know, mm-hmm. 0.5 NTU in a swim pool. And it's then just going on to say, can you see the lines? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, just, I just do not get it. Now, for me, this is one of the major flaws. Now, Robin and I deal with science all the time and deal with yeah. scientific uh, instruction. You know, we, we see pool yeah. systems, pool products making claims. Now, I'm not being funny. Yeah. I was taught when I was in science at school that for a test to be valid, you've got to have a control, yeah? Yeah. and then you've got to have a variant on the test. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now the, you control for validity. Point, for validity. Yes, yeah. For validity yeah. of the test. Yeah. So your control is not 0.5 NTU. Right. Mm-hmm. That's your control. That is your control mm-hmm. there and then. So yeah. when you've got a control and when you've got a standard, granted not a legal standard, but you have mm-hmm. got a standard, you cannot compare four drowning detection systems when the turbidity of those four pools 
is completely different. And all they've done is judge it by a visual eye, which may not have been the same person, but then again, it may, may have been some speculating there, um, by them going, I can see the bottom. Right? Because yeah. they were in a whole different ballgame now. Then I'm in the ballgame of saying, right, Robin, M- Mr. Mitchell, have yeah. you got 2020 vision? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Mr. McLaughlin, yeah. what's, your, yeah. what's your vision? Yeah. And, Too many uh, factors involved there. Can't yeah, it's, you know, kind of, it's kind of what I said at the very start, isn't it? You know, about, yeah. you know, putting the science into your water shit. Yeah. And, <laughs> see, the, yeah. see, Robin, You've the thing is, you can, yeah. nobody, nobody tests for turbidity because nobody can. They don't have turbidity yeah. meters. They don't, and, they don't have right? They don't, so they don't have the equipment, right? And it costs £400 or £500 for mm. roughly speaking. Right for a yeah. unit. Now, but people are people are unaware that you could ask your bacteriological sampling mm-hmm. uh, company to just do it at the lab. Mm. So when you get your month, which this this is uh, a regulation that under cost two thousand and two, you have to get your water sampled monthly or weekly mm-hmm. in hydrotherapy pools. You could yeah. just bolt on a turbidity, a turbidity test to that. Now that would just be once a month, but it would be better than where we're at now. Mm. You know, and, and I'm not going to start guessing how much labs will charge, but you're mm. then getting a scientific test, a proper test done of your turbidity, and it's not done, no disrespect to the people that are doing a water test on site, but it's getting done under lab conditions, which is, yeah. so the accuracy is going to be there. Mm. And it's, it's not, doesn't cost the earth. That's for sure. Yeah. It doesn't cost and, the earth. And do, do you know what? The great thing about that as well is we, we said this before, the term regularly applies at this point. So, mm-hmm. you know, there isn't yeah. a standard for it. So them turning around and saying, do you know, even if we said, for example, uh, as Robin said, that you said to your, your microbiological testing company, can you do it every third month? So it's once a quarter. Yeah. 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 That, that is regular. You know, ideally, yeah. I would probably say once a month because that's when yeah. you come in. Perfect. But, you know, at this point as well, what you could see, Robin, you know, if, if I said to you, I'm thinking about a drone detection system, you say, right, Ian, let's have a look at your pool, let's have a look at it. Yeah. Do you do turbidity reads? Do you know what, actually, Robin, we have. We've been doing it for the last couple of years. Mm. I know, yeah. You've got history. And then, and then yeah. you, I, I show you my turbidity reads, and it's going 0.6, six months later, not mm. 0.7, 0.8. And you straight yeah. away can say to me, look, Ian, I'm not being funny. Yeah. But until you get down to 0.3, evidence yeah. has showed us in the past from putting systems yeah. in, it won't work. You know, because yeah, that, that's kind of the interesting thing for me in that I, I've I've got to admit, you know, fairly well worked out what, what I can, what NTU I need to see across, you know, a 12 and a half meter pool, mm. I need 0.4 or better. Once I get into 18 meters, I need 0.3. And certainly when we get to the 25 meters, you know, it's not much above 0.2 or 50 meter pool, sorry. And they, they you know, 50 by 25s. But the, the interesting thing, and you mentioned it there about that, you know, the UK act of testing, about that that way of testing the, 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 the turbidity and the clarity. Because the other thing that affects all of that as well is, you know, the, your lighting conditions too. And yeah. there's, there's just so many variables. Well, it's, it's, you, it's unbelievable. You know, but, great that you mentioned that because the lighting conditions in the, in the UK act of test varied from a lux level of 189 to 396. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. On, on the polls now the, the thing that makes makes that really controversial for me is that why was the lighting test not just where all the lights working yes 
because that's what they did with the turbidity. You know, it was a case of (laughs) kind of see the lines, yes. So why wasn't so they went in with a lux meter and actually measured the level of the lighting on these poles? Yeah, but they haven't went in with a turbidity meter and they could, you know, because it could have turned out that the darkest pole had the highest turbidity, (laughs) which which failed the test. So it it invalidates the whole report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. You know, I, you know, I know I talk about turbidity for us, but in, at the end of the day, I'm talking about it for all detection because generally speaking, everybody look, uses cameras that look look across the water and mm. whatever way we analyze the data, uh, it's all different with each company. You know, there's only four or five in the world, but the bottom line is if you can't see through the water, you can't see a, a victim or, or someone in trouble. And that's why turbidity such, uh, you know, for me, it was like beating my head off a brick wall quite a lot. Uh, and, but I still don't see sort of light at the end of the tunnel because if you don't have to improve your turbidity above, get it even to 0.5 if you don't measure it and it's at 0.7, well, it's still, the water's still safe, isn't it? You know, in my, in my naivety, I might say, look, the water's all right. My pH levels are okay. My TDS is all right. Sure. What's, what's the worry? Yeah. You know, what I, would you say to that? <laughs> I, I think, I think we struggle with the message at times. I mean, I've, I've yeah. spoken to Rob with this. You know, we are a year down the line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we should be, and putting turbidity to one side for a second, we should be yeah. looking at pools now that are 7074, minimum 1.5 free chlorine, tested every two hours. Right. Yeah. That, that's a quick summary, a very, very harsh yeah. quick summary. Yeah. I, I could name 50 pools I've been to in the last year that are nowhere near that, that have never read right. it. Uh, yeah. Pool I was at today, blue book. Here's the blue book, Q tag. Read it. Nope. Technical yep. notes from the coronavirus of the past 12 months. Seen them? Nope. Nope. Uh, code of practice? Nope. Yep. And, and think, think- remember, remember, Robin, that, that this is why turbidity has not been taken seriously because, yeah. see... Nothing else the, is. Aye. But the most important <laughs> thing to yeah. ge- in general to pool managers is the, the chemical levels in the pool. Yeah. Yeah. And there are facilities out there that are struggling to get that right. Yeah. So mm. from, in all fairness to Pewtag, I know what I said to at the beginning that I felt that it was a bit airy-fairy. Yeah. They're probably trying to say, Robin, let's let's, lo- let's walk before we can run. Let's yeah. try and get the basics, yeah. the real basics correct before you start throwing turbidity into the equation. Yeah. To me, we, you know, turbidity is a basic, but it's an indicator uh, yeah. at, that something other than turbidity or the indi- turbidity is indicating that something might yeah. be wrong. But when your pH barren. is high, when your pH yeah. is too high, the cloning's not working. You know, that's yeah. a de- that's a definitive answer and you, you can't ignore that. So that's what yeah. Pewtag need to, to take care of, you know. So it's a, it's, a, it's a difficult one. Trying to get Pewtag and other companies to take turbidity serious is, yeah. is you know, it's ongoing. What would you like, cut to the chase, Robin, what would you like (laughs) to see? What what would be utopia for you when you go into a client's swimming pool, right, and they tell you your cameras are shit uh, and you can see, (laughs) literally, right, you can see, you don't need an empirical evidence test of turbidity to tell you that their water's shit. What would be utopia for you start... From in, in terms of a journey, from when you walk in there and, and deal with the client. Well, 
Well, I suppose a lot of it is, you know, I, I'd like to be able to refer to like you guys, for example, you know, four or five years ago that, you know, you'd, somebody would say, well, we've got our own guys. We've got a plant man. Yeah. I think, I think because when you start looking at the level of investment, and again, this is for any, any detection system or any surveillance system, you need, they, I think the leisure industry needs to start going, well, okay, we, we need to actually use people who, who know what we're talking about. Um, and I think what scares me quite a lot with just this conversation, and both of you said this to me separately, was that, you know, whenever you look at Europe, what's going on in Europe and, and the standards that they adhere to, and we're staying, kind of still, still working in the last century. So I think there's a whole lot by the looks of it and the sound of it has to have to pick up with steps. And I think turbidity is going to be just a little bit further down the line. But for me, I, I want, I would love it that more people understand it and know why we need to have it. But I, I do love your whole thing that you said about it's kind of a little, it's another little health check on, on how your water is and what's going on in it. Yeah. So it's not just, just cause your pH levels are all right. Cause that's all everybody ever says to me. There's my pH levels. Do you know what I'm going? So, <laughs> I still got the, I still yeah. can't see across your pool, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's the whole point of yeah. it. Also, it, it's just one of those things. It's been interesting to talk about, and I think the interesting thing for me is that there's no one single answer. There, it's not a single. It's not a one pill will fix this. It's that this whole holistic thing. You've got to go in. You've got to have guys like you, experts, who go in and go. Okay, let's start with a flow meter, the what, you know, <laughs> and take it from there. Mm. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely, definitely. Well, I know we've we've been talking for about an hour now, so I suppose that's a good place to wind up because probably most people have fallen asleep by now. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, Jane, I mean, I find that I find it really interesting because you kind of brought it down to my level. You know, you helped me understand some of the issues, and I'm hoping you know my idea of of, of you know asking you guys to let, you know do the pool cast view from a pool thing was because. I've got an audience, if you like, who have no clue what turbidity is, but it's introducing you guys to that audience as well, mm. and and taking you know your pool cast audience that, that there is people out there that need to know a little bit more about turbidity. It might stand them a good stead someday, and they might make things might work out. But do, do you know what, so, Robin? It might be in 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 a, in, a, in a first instance a good thing when people start having problems. You direct them to this podcast. Say, have a listen to this episode. Yeah. It was recorded. Yeah. I don't know six months ago, yeah. a year ago, whatever. And um, you might learn a little bit more, and then, then you know, then we can talk again. Yeah. Well, that, I think that's generally my idea. You know, it's like some of these things I would write, and it's it's great to be able to point some somebody at something like this. So, you know, if I've got an issue with turbidity in my next pool, in fact, there's one today I was looking at. I can say, lads, have we listened to this, and maybe contact Ian or Robin, mm. and take it from there. And that's what I, I'd like people to do instead of this closed shop and getting defensive. There's nothing wrong with my water. Etc. Etc. When there is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lads. Well, listen. That's been a pleasure. I'm glad we did that. And I think yeah. you know, on the longer finger, we're we're looking at doing something like this again when when restrictions are lifted and, and you guys hit Belfast. Yes, sounds that's good. Happen. That's definitely yeah. going to happen. We're going to come yeah, and see you, Robin. We're going to come yeah. and see yeah. you. Yeah, we'll have to do. Yeah, it'd be we're, nice to sit around the table and do this and the tipsy bump and the, the tipsy, tipsy bump. That's a that's a that's a bar in Belfast, by the way. Yeah. That's not a a frequent yep. uh, bird that we go and see, you know, it's a tipsy bird. It's a, yeah, it's a crack. He's, only, he's only saying that, Mary. Crack <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now, a, a tipsy bird. <laughs> it's, the, it's beside the goat's toe, if I can remember. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right, lads. Listen, brilliant stuff. Really enjoyed that, and uh, thank you very much. 
Robin, thanks Robin. for having us, yeah. Robin. Yeah. Cheers. No, well, if you, Cheers. don't forget, you had me as well. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. All the best. Talk Cheers, to you guys. soon. Cheers. Bye. Bye.